This podcast was originally the audio for a work of the same name for the Nearly On Red YouTube channel, found at youtube.com slash c slash nearly on red. Though not intended to be a standalone podcast, viewers frequently consume my videos for their audio content only, so I have duplicated my work in this format to hopefully save people a step. A full list of content and platforms can be found at nearlyonred.com or the short link nearly.red, N-E-A-R-L-Y dot R-E-D. Enjoy! Bunny Girl Senpai this week once again wrapped up one arc while threading elements of the upcoming chapter into the background. Uh, we'll talk about what's next briefly at the end of this. Um, in Futaba's case, the hints we had from previous arcs centered mainly around her unrequited feelings towards Kunimi. It turns out that this is not her main issue, but is rather just a part of her character crisis. I was thus pleased to be wrong about Futaba trying to use the online account to alter the atmosphere. While that kind of trickery could be a crisis in its own right, it would characterize Futaba in a far less positive light. She did want the attention, at least Ponytail Futaba did, but as the end itself, not a means to some other end. There's no attempt to trick anyone into feeling differently about her or changing the atmosphere. In fact, we don't have any specific mention of the atmosphere at all this time, but the story still plays out in a similar way to our other arcs. Futaba reads the atmosphere around her, both now and in her youth, and she adheres her behavior to that reading. Wrong or right, it is Futaba's impression of her social situation that precipitated this adolescent syndrome effect. This matches up with what we've seen so far. Tomoe read the atmosphere perfectly and took steps to make herself into someone who fit it, even if it required her to be a different someone. Mai realized that she was the outsider and embraced it, which exacerbated her disappearing act. In all of these, it's their perception of what others are thinking that guides their actions. However, the solution to their problems doesn't actually lie in changing what others are thinking, but in changing something about themselves, accepting something about themselves. This wasn't as obvious when we only had Mai's arc to look at, but it's clearer now. Tomoe had to accept that how she felt about Sakato was real, even if it arose from a fake situation. She tried to come up with disingenuine reasons about why she didn't feel that way in order to return to her manufactured self and social circle, but her genuine feelings and self were incompatible with that charade. Because Sakata accepted the real her, she was able to make the leap she needed. She accepted that who she really is might not have as many friends, or the same friends, or be as popular, or whatever, but that this would still be okay, even preferable. In Mai's arc, the romance between her and Sakata takes center stage, but alongside that was the important step of her deciding to rejoin show business. That's key because being in the biz is something she really enjoys, it's what she really wants to do. But the consequences of being in that industry in the past led her to the swimsuit shoot that ran her off for a time, as well as her being worn down by the constant attention she gets in public. Those are the events that led to her adolescent syndrome which had ramped up before she even met Sakata. She had decided that acting was something she wanted in spite of the side effects, just as Tomoe had to accept the side effects of being herself. 
What Futaba had to accept, at a really basic level, is that just because you hate yourself doesn't mean other people hate you. Your own fluctuating self-confidence does not necessarily reflect how others feel about you moment to moment. It's almost the opposite lesson from Tomoe's arc, where appeasing the fickle and inconstant opinions of others required her to ignore who she really was or wanted. Tomoe needed to trust in herself to solve her crisis, while Futaba needs to trust in her friends, or at least trust that she has value in the eyes of her friends, even if she struggles to believe that about herself at times. Now, it takes a while for this root cause to come out. We had some suspicion that it had something to do with how she feels about Kunimi, and then it appeared that she wanted to flirt with that kind of attention from anyone if she couldn't get it from him. But both of these are just symptomatic of her insecurity in herself, which manifests as a fear of being alone. Futaba didn't care about being alone before high school. She was used to being alone, both at school and at home, as she says. Yet once she made friends with Sakata and Kunimi, she found she liked having friends. Rather than set her at ease though, she now had something she could lose. Because she doesn't love herself, she can't understand why someone would want to befriend her. Having friends thus causes her some anxiety in much the same way that Tomoe was anxious over the thought that any wrong step could cost her her friends. When Kunimi and then Sakata each got girlfriends, Futaba worried she would lose them for sure, that they would have no need to pay attention to her anymore. Her unrequited love toward Kunimi is a stressor for her to be sure, but the actual root of that stress is the fear that he will go away. It's the reason she doesn't want him to know how she feels. It's not a fear of rejection. Rather, if he doesn't reciprocate, then she thinks she will lose him as a friend. It's much less risky to simply hide how she feels, regardless of what kind of turmoil that causes. Anyway, working backward from the real cause, we can understand how the split occurred. Glasses Futaba spun another of these quasi-physics-based theories about quantum teleportation and some other jazz, but the important part, I think, is that she proposed two copies of her consciousness observing her. Sakata fixes on this as suggesting two different personalities, but I'm not sure that's right. Rather, both Futabas want to feel accepted, but are of a split mind about how to achieve this. She's experiencing cognitive dissonance. She wants attention, she hates the attention her body earned her in the past, but using that body can earn her some of the attention she wants, looping back to the beginning. She thinks she either has to give up the attention or give up her disgust at how she is earning it. Rather than choose though, she splits along those lines, because she can't decide which is the right choice. Now even though Futaba is not manipulating the atmosphere on purpose, the split does still have a bit of an experimental feel to it. By existing as both sides of a difficult choice, she gets to see how well each version of herself fits into the world. Which version of her is better suited to her life? Which version is less likely to lose the attention of Sakata and Kunimi? I actually don't think she wants to go back to being one person at first. I'm not even sure I believe her when she says that they don't share experiences. For example, there is a scene in the middle where Ponytail and Sakata are at school and Kunimi comes to the window wanting to be fanned. Ponytail does so after Sakata sets her up, but it then cuts immediately to glasses back at Sakata's apartment sitting in front of the fan. Kaede asks her something, but she doesn't seem to hear. 
she seems like she is concentrating on something else. That whole cut to Sakuda's apartment is just 9 seconds, and that is the only thing that happens. What is the purpose of that scene, other than to suggest that Glasses and Ponytail are somehow aware of one another? I wondered before how Glasses knew that Ponytail was living in her house and going to school in her place if she had never actually seen her. They apparently only have the one phone, which Ponytail had possession of until she gave it away for Sakata to delete her account. What's more, we learn this time that no one else is at Futaba's house. Her parents are out of the country, and so there is no risk of people seeing the two of them at the same time. Yet she stays in the net cafe anyway, despite being afraid. Apparently just so the two of them won't come face to face. Glasses also says that they probably can't go back to being the same person, while Ponytail will tell Sakata to give up on one of them or the other, that the world doesn't need two Ryo Futabas. Glasses will use the exact same line later on when Sakata tracks her down during the typhoon. Ponytail even states it more explicitly before the fanning event when she asks Sakata if he has decided which one of them he wants. In other words, it seems that Futaba was afraid of ending up alone again, specifically by losing Kunimi and Sakata as friends, thus she wanted to find out which version of herself was more likely to succeed. She knows there is a dissonance in her perception of herself. Like a lot of early bloomers, she is extremely self-conscious about her appearance. The attention paid to her in the past made her feel dirty. Thus, she has probably tried to shield herself from this attention by hiding how she looks, but with the lab coats and the glasses, wearing her hair down, uh, being in a club with no other members, and so on, attention was a negative thing for her. But with the advent of making friends, she gets attention that is a positive thing. The fear of losing that positive attention creates the situation where she falls back to something that earned her attention in the past, but she has never made peace with her original revulsion. Despite having Kunimi and Sakata as friends, she has shied away from drawing attention to herself, with the highlighted example of not wearing a yukata to the previous year's fireworks. Now though, she has this whole mess of complicated feelings, because aside from this positive attention, negative attention association that she already had, she has probably found herself wanting Kunimi to look at her the way anonymous voyeurs might look at the lewds that she uploads. Thus she has the situation she wants and doesn't want, and a complex about hating herself and the attention her body can earn her while also craving that attention from somewhere. It's way beyond the scope of what we can reasonably discuss here, but this is not the first time I've heard of someone with body image issues posting, revealing, or suggestive photos of themselves online as a kind of means of self-medicating. It seems a little counterintuitive, right? If you hate your body or feel dirty about it because of something in your past, then exposing more of yourself to a wide audience or in a way that is suggestive sounds like the last thing you would want to do. But as I understand it, it's exactly the separation the online space creates that is the appeal. This is an environment they are in charge of. It's a safe and distinct place for them to try to understand or explore this part of themselves. It's a tension that they can turn on and off like a switch, a level of control they do not have in their real life or in some past event that helped form their complex. Now this all falls apart for Futaba when the barrier is pierced when someone recognizes her uniform and tries to blackmail her into meeting in person. 
Now the true nature of the attention she has been cultivating is revealed to her. It's not at all like the positive acceptance she feels with Sakata and Kunimi. She is able to separate the two concepts more fully now, for while all of the men around her holding phones suddenly seem menacing, Sakata is instead a source of comfort and security. Where before, she was wary of Sakata being outside the door while she was taking a bath, in fact it seemed to interrupt her ability to relax, after this event, she is unable to relax in the bath until she's absolutely certain he is outside the door, him and no one else. She can further separate these forms of attention after Sakata calls Kunimi out later that night. The links each of her friends was willing to go to for her, just because they were friends, is obviously much different than attention that arises from the way she looks. Although her crisis ends up being more complex than just a case of one-sided love, I imagine that thinking of Kunimi that way at all is part of how the two ideas got mixed up in her head in the first place. It takes demonstrating to both versions of Futaba that she is valuable to them as a friend to resolve things, and that this value is neither the attention she attracts with her physicality, nor is it dependent on the value she places on herself. Sakada's refusal to choose one Futaba over the other is in essence a refusal to suggest that anything about his friendship is qualifiable. There is no Futaba they would rather be friends with. Trying to be one person or another in hopes of having a more secure friendship is getting the entire concept of friendship backwards. She doesn't have to embrace a more attention-seeking side of herself, and she doesn't have to completely reject that side of herself, and she doesn't even have to come to a conclusion. She can keep struggling with her image of herself, they're just going to be her friend anyway. Outside of the two of them rejoining back to a single person, there are other symbolic details to suggest Futaba is in a better place. She wears a yukata to the fireworks and puts her hair up, but she goes back to wearing glasses. This same kind of compromise in appearance is also echoed in the end credits. She confesses how she feels to Kanimi, but she does so without actually wanting an answer she knows the answer, but feeling she can be honest about it without losing his friendship is a demonstration of progress. She even insists that he go make up with his girlfriend. I know Kamisato has mostly come off badly to us in the audience, uh, but we have only been seeing Sakura's point of view on that. She did come to him about what Futaba was doing, and apparently didn't spread that information around. She's probably less toxic than the impression that we've been given. She's probably actually just insecure in her own way, like all the rest of these characters. Butaba, though, is unequivocally in a better place. Last of all, I just want to briefly discuss what happens next. The last scene shows the blonde idol we saw earlier on TV, who is called Doka-chan, uh, waking up to turn off Mai's phone alarm. Which means that's actually Mai. Way back in episode 1, when Sakata first described adolescent syndrome, he gave examples of hearing other people's thoughts, or seeing another person's future, or swapping bodies with someone else. It appears this last one is what has probably happened. Mai and this idol have swapped bodies. During the TV show earlier, Doka-chan had answered that her favorite thing was Sakurajima Mai, and when told that Mai isn't really a thing, she changed to the strawberry daifuku that Mai was eating in one of her dramas. In other words, Doka-chan here is an obsessed fan. However, our next episode is called Sister Panic. 
I don't think it is about Kaede, though. Instead, there is one other sister that has come up in the show so far. Mai has a half-sister from her father's remarriage, the one that isn't as cute as she is, so Mai says. Any chance that is who this idol is? And perhaps she looks up to her famous older half-sister with something like reverence and also maybe envy? You know, so far, Sakata has been involved with all of the adolescent syndrome cases we've seen, but always in a slightly different relationship to each girl that's affected. To Kaede, he is her brother. To Mai, he became a lover. To Tomoe, he became a crush and then a trusted senpai. To Futaba, he is a close platonic friend. Whether this girl is the half-sister or not, I imagine Sakata will seem to her like a rival. If she is the half-sister on top of that, then, well, it's going to get complicated. Title music by Russell J. Crowe, other music licensed from the artists at Audio Jungle. Script, performance, and editing by Theta. Theta is played by Redacted. Original video can be found at youtube.com slash C slash Nearly on Red. And a full list of credits is available at nearlyonred.com. Until next time, thanks for everything.